Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner. The man just absolutely crushing a beautiful bottle of wine right now on camera. The incomparable Jeremy Laws. Jay, what's up, dude? I felt like I needed it after um, the last few episodes where I wasn't drinking anything and you were you had a bottle of white wine, you had a White Claw, you had a beer. Like, I feel like I'm... I'm, I'm lagging behind so i bought myself a bottle of white wine figured i might as well have some takes tonight i feel i i i appreciate you covering up my degenerateness (laughs) i'm just like (laughs) drinking at all times of the day but i will say this my cousin put it very very well in that quarantine is like airport rules right okay at any time whatever you're doing it's acceptable right whenever you go to an airport whenever i'm at an airport whether it's 6 a.m., 2 p.m., or 10 p.m., if someone's at the bar just going at it, you're like, I respect I got you. I got drunk at an airport at 10.30 in the morning on a flight to New Orleans. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> that started like a week-long festivities that I vaguely remember. It, it happens. Yeah, I mean, if it, you're at the airport. It, so the only time I ever felt judged at an airport was it was for my cousin's bachelor party. And we, we had like a 7 a.m. flight to uh, we were going to Kentucky to do the bourbon trail. So we're obviously we were at the airport like 615. We were or we were at the gate at 615. We head to the bar, which is open. We're like, hey, can we uh, we ordered we ordered some sort of adult beverage. The guy turns to us and is like, we can't start serving drinks until 630 with the most judgmental look on his face. Where I was like, look, sir. We're here <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> We're not trying to be assholes, but we will wait the 10 minutes that you want us to wait. <laughs> Just looking at your watch yeah, like, it's 6.30. Like, I want that Irish coffee right now. Put in the order and we will be here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, but again, it's quarantine has basically been airport rules. That's how I've been living. I think I appreciate that's how you're living today. That's fantastic. It's um, actually, I, now that I think about it, it's kind of what, the way I've been living as well. Like, I usually don't drink very much at home, um, right? but obviously with quarantine, I've just kind of like skirted the rules and drinking a lot more at home. Just never felt comfortable. Like for whatever reason, I, I enjoy going to the bar, sitting at the bar, having a beer, having a glass of wine yeah, and then coming home and relaxing. It's a little bit of, it's, a, it's a nice little escape. And right now yeah. there, there isn't necessarily that social escape unless you're a friggin' bar in the South who apparently are, you're wearing donut rings to go outside uh, to to I mean accommodate real social talk. distancing. That, that looks like a ton of fun because I know, <laughs> I know the moment I have too many to drink, 
I'm doing full on bumper votes with people That's and fair. just like running into them. That that is so okay. I, I kind of want to do that. I okay. I didn't think about it like that. Now that I am, I like it. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to the show <laughs> wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, please leave a review. We are at, I checked today, excuse me, we're at 252 reviews, which is, for a pod that's a year old, pretty impressive. Good. Yeah, I'll take it. So once we get to 400, I think that's the number that we set. I don't know if we've actually broadcast this. I think this is the first time. It's a Friday. Why not? Once we get to 400, I will do a, a, a White Claw double chug a la Stone Cold. Uh, to uh, to make up for the failures of my co-host, uh, because when he you did it, I think this it was a failure. I did okay considering White Claw is pretty damn hard. To look, look, man, you you can and spin I, it, and 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 I drank it all. I didn't pour it over my face. I don't know if I you did. Take the cheap I, out. So I I was from a first person perspective, I can dispute that wholeheartedly. <laughs> but uh, needless to say, once we get to four hundred reviews, so I'm putting this out there now. I will double double chug Stone Cold style two of these. Whatever I will let even let the use uh, the listeners pick the flavor. Black cherry is my favorite, okay. but I will let the listeners pick any flavor. I don't care if it's the one I hate the most. I don't care if it's a different brand of spiked seltzer. Whatever you want, I'll do it for 400 reviews. Let's um, get the 400. I want to see it. Let's... I have something planned for a thousand reviews but it's down the road. Apparently <laughs> a thousand um, reviews will be uh, you streaking naked at WrestleMania 37. I think that's what we're going to so, do. It's not that drastic, but it's going to be pretty, pretty big. So we'll, we'll reveal if we get closer. Let's get to 400 uh, first. Let's, let's, yeah. Let's get to one, 400 one step at a time. And thank you to every, thank you to everybody else that has already dropped a review and done everything Absolutely. that we've been asking them for a year. So, Big ups to everybody. Make sure you also go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, it's Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. Somewhere down here, there's right a here, red button. Right here. Hit that red button. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on on, on social. Two Jabronis Pod on Twitter and the BR app. You may have some fun this weekend on the BR app with uh, Double or Nothing. kind of want to go for that belt. So uh, I want the belt we'll really see bad. Can, yeah. I want that belt. Uh, we may have to like set it up so one of us is like purely in the app and the other person's running social so that we can do both it's yeah we uh we we tend to fall where we are most comfortable and that is on twitter because that's where yeah. just kind of where we live but the br app if you haven't been in the br app during a pay-per-view it's a lot it, of fun. it's it's live it's yeah. very so, very live so you should hop in you should you know just juggle go between twitter and the br app because you'll have a lot of good conversations with a lot of people who love wrestling um but also follow Ben on Twitter oh, at yes. Cruise Control. That's Control with a K, and you can follow me at Jeremy A. Loss. So again, make sure you follow us on Twitter and on social this weekend. And in the BR app, we're gonna have a lot of fun with uh, AEW Double or Nothing. Also, check me out. I was recently a guest on the Top Rope Nation podcast. Our wrestling brethren. Uh, I, I was talking the Owen Hart documentary uh, that was shown on Vice for Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to talk with those guys just about Owen Hart. Uh, he's he was such a formative dude in terms of my early wrestling years, where it was like I felt like I had to pay homage to the guy. And I feel like, like, and and you were great on the show, but I feel like he's an underappreciated. Wrestler. Oh, a 
thousand percent. That because that's that's what I took away from the dog. His in ring work was second to none. He is, he was an in ring technician. He was great on the mic. He had a great character, um, and obviously he was taken from us too soon. But, Way too soon. Um, he is really underappreciated um, and undervalued as a wrestler and an in ring worker. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to Top Rope Nation. Uh, Please do so. Also, check out the, the documentary on Vice. It, it's incredible stuff. Absolutely. And please listen to when I plug Jeremy solely. I plugged his Twitter account uh, because I wanted to be a good tag team partner. And that's what we do. That's what we do as tag team partners. Make sure to put your partner over. Make sure he gets all his hits in, regardless of what you get in. So uh, that, <laughs> that that's absolutely what I learned. All right. Enough of the logistics and, and all that stuff. Let, let's get into the main event. Today's main event, not even this week's. Uh, we are going with our double or nothing preview because AEW's big show is happening tomorrow or today, depending on when you listen to this, most likely today, uh, tonight, I should say. And by golly, to borrow it's a phrase monster. from the 1930s, we've got a nice little card. So we're. we're Man, this. Uh... Sorry to jump in here. No, no, but please. We, please we've talked about this ad nauseum on the pod. This we were supposed to be there for this, and like it just hurts so can, my can we, soul. Can we talk about this? Let's talk about this for a bit, and then we'll we'll do our quick preview. We there are. I, I will screenshot our text messages because neither of us have been this giddy in years. We were like, you texted me and said, "Yo, they're on sale." I said, "Buy them." <laughs> immediate response it was like it was like legit like the moment they announced that they were coming back to vegas we're like we're going right and, and then you, they announced so you you we bought got pre-sale tickets too you bought the pre-sale joints i said you so you texted me said they're on sale responded within a minute buy them you responded within a minute okay i bought them i responded the minute <laughs> after like how much should i venmo you you sent me the amount and i venmoed you it was like a five minute interaction that was that I didn't even consult with my wife. I don't know if you consulted it with yours. I was just like, I, I I'm, did not. I'm sending this man my money because we're going. <laughs> and it it's not even the tickets because the tickets are one thing, but <laughs> this would have involved a flight. We would have to a coordinate hotel. a hotel. So we we were ready to risk it all to go to the show. And obviously, the world <laughs> is very very different from a few months ago. And we are very very happy to say that we are individually keeping ourselves safe we're keeping our family safe we hope you are keeping yourself right. safe but we are very very sad because we would have done a show in vegas we a lot of the people that we, we admire done a couple shows yeah oh we a lot of the people we admire on twitter and in the wrestling space would have been there and we would trust me we would have been hustling to get them on the show so we are very bummed about that but um we, we do know in the grand scheme of things there will be live shows at some point that Jeremy and I will travel to and we'll get we'll get all these wonderful people on live in person. And and we're just very fortunate that we are we are he healthy. We are safe and we will enjoy this weekend on television just like the rest of you. So we, we're, we're very excited about. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, you and I both realize there, there are much bigger things at play here, but selfishly, we, we would love to be in Vegas right now, probably near we, blackout drunk, we, enjoying ourselves. Losing a ton of money. We would have left, I believe, tomorrow morning. I, I had a prior engagement where I would have had to been like, I got to leave in the morning, <laughs> Saturday. Uh, but we probably would have stayed for Sunday. It would have been 
we we haven't been to Vegas together since our BR days. Let's just put it that way. And that was a, it was. It, I mean, we're not going to get into the story we, here, but that was that was a wild. There trip. were some legendary performances from a lot of parties, and that's all I'll say. There was just a lot of stuff that went down, and it was, it, and we made it back alive yeah. in one piece. And an iconic trip to a nightclub that is it. <laughs> we might tell the story one day on the show uh, when we're in Vegas with some other people, but it is, it is literally one of the Vegas stories. I tell everyone that I encounter if they're like, if they mention Vegas, I'm like, hold on, you want a story? I've got a freaking story and it involves Jeremy. It involves some of our best friends over at Bleacher Report. Uh, but we, uh, we are looking very, very much forward to double or nothing this weekend because it's, it's going to be, a fantastic card. So let's go ahead and preview it. Now, would you consider this AEW's WrestleMania, or would you say oh, that a thousand percent? No, I think I think this is it. I would say so too, because the card that they put together from top to bottom is just stacked with top tier talent. So we can go from the way that we have set it up. We we're going in our dock. We have the main event down, so we'll work yeah. our way up, sure, just so that we follow along yeah. the the path of the actual show. Yeah. So the pre-show, the buy-in is a tag team match between Private Party and Best Friends. The winner gets a tag team title match. Now, this is going to be a quality, quality Oh, match. it's going to be friends, very good. Best Friends are really great workers, and Private Party are probably one of the best young tag teams in the business right now. I personally would really love to see Private Party win. I think what they do in the ring is exciting. I think that's just another way to put a jolt into the tag team division. Obviously, the tag team division has been a little weird since everything kind of started with the pandemic and and Kenny Omega and Hangman Page have been kind of separated for the most part. So I would love to see Private Party win and eventually win the belts from Omega and, 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 and Hangman Page. And No, I'm, I'm with you. And s- I feel like Private Party's kind of been cast aside a little bit, almost too much, because mm-hmm. from when they had that initial match in AEW, then they got signed, they had all this momentum, and then it's it just kind of fizzled for no reason in particular. And I think that they need to have them back in the fold because like you said, they have the best. I think we said this on the show before they have the best, best tag team finisher in the game right now. It's not even close. Like this might be hyperbolic, but it's one of the best of all time. Like when I think of elite and memorable tag team finishers, my bar is Legion of Doom, right? It's 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 that. This is like that, but on and obviously there's there's um there's the Dudley Boys, you know, obviously 3D, an elite, yeah, an elite tag team finisher. Uh the revival has some sort of variation of that. Private mm-hmm. parties is nuts. And it, it it's, it's it's kind of like those combined, but it is bonkers. Like the amount of timing that and space that it takes like if you if you miss it by a millisecond it's a botch and yeah, i haven't I mean, they seen miss it, it's do a it time botch but when they hit it it's great oh I mean, it's it fantastic so great so private party i am in. yeah definitely private party here uh i mean i wouldn't mind seeing the best friends win best friends are great but like private party i feel like is a better fit for the tag team division now absolutely um, and we'll just continue to help it grow absolutely moving on so we have dustin rhodes versus sean spears um, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Sean Spears is actually the favorite in this match. 
Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we posted the betting he, odds on our Twitter account, by the way. Right. From betonline.ag. He's in desperate need of a win. I, I think in terms of like just winning on a big pay-per-view, I think his character needs it the most. Yes. Um, because for whatever reason, he just hasn't got off the ground as much as I would have would have anticipated at AEW. Um, he's kind of still suffering from that same problem that he had when he was on the main roster of WWE, where like people love him. Don't get me wrong. But he just hasn't been able to elevate outside of that initial feud with Cody Rhodes. So I think he needs a win here. Let him move on. Let him continue to have let him have dominance over Dustin. Maybe we can transition that back into another feud with Cody because they had really good chemistry. Um, but I, I I think Sean Spears needs to win most of all. I, I mean I hate to agree with you and you know that, <laughs> but um, Sean Spears he left WWE for a reason and he right. still hasn't quite broken through in AEW and it's he's probably just biding his time. He's done great work, kind of like on the sidelines, being one of those crowd members. But look, if he doesn't beat Dustin Rose, I don't know what he's doing in AEW quite frankly, right? Like you, you can't put this much juice behind a guy, give him a manager and just kind of leave him in no man's land. It's, it's, it's just not a good look, especially for someone who's as good as he is. Yeah. So he, he's just too good for this. Uh, so I, I, I'm with you. Let's, let's move on real quick. Then we've got Pinnell before taking on Chris Statlander. Um, Ford is, Ford is filling in for Britt Baker. Cause this was supposed to be Britt Baker. It was man. Big bummer. Yeah. Uh, hurt on Wednesday. And th- that's so, look, let's just, we on this show have been big Britt Baker stands from the beginning. We thought once AEW launched, she was going to be the face of the women's division. She, we thought she was going to be champion by now. And, you know, she had a little bit of a rocky start. We, you quite didn't know where she fit. Then she turned heel and she found her niche. Right. She and now found she's on fire. that lane, killing it with these promos with Tony Schiavone, just absolutely found her spot. She injured a few days before. And it's it's a big bummer, which leads me to my prediction. I, I, I believe you have to put Chris Statlander over. Like, like yeah, it's, it's just yeah, kind of I mean, I'm with you. like at this point, like it has to be Chris Statlander. I I was picking Britt Baker beforehand because I felt like this absolutely. Would be- a nice springboard for her character because yes, she's been on fire in terms of her promos and her work as a heel, but she hasn't really shown that like she hasn't been winning as much in the ring. She's had a couple wins here and there, but I think if she would have won, beat Chris Statlander, who was a, a previous title contender, that puts her automatically in line to face the winner of Nyla Rose versus Hiroki Shida. Right. So now it's kind of you, you have to pump the brakes a little bit, and I think here. There's no way you can put Penelope Ford over Chris Statlander. It just doesn't make sense. No, absolutely. So not. you have Chris win, and you just kind of continue as business as usual. And as we're speaking right now, this is kind of like a a, a, a tangent. Jeff Hardy just beat uh, Sheamus for the uh, to continue in the Intercontinental, which title makes tournament. sense. So, makes sense. Uh, it makes a ton of sense. Um, but yeah, I think Chris Statlander is the call here. It just makes all the sense in the world just to continue to keep her elevated. So that when Britt does come back, you can have Britt kind of fill, just get right back into it and beat Chris Statlander. And then you, it, it's business as usual to get back to where you were. So, absolutely. Uh, moving on, our boy and everybody's like <laughs> least favorite person in the world, MJF, is going to wrestle Jungle Boy 
Um, MJF, I believe, is still undefeated as a singles competitor. MJF is winning um, this hands. He has to. Like, I know he's been out of the no, ring for for a few months for whatever reason. They've kind of kept that um, up in the air and a little bit of a mystery. Cody had a conference call today that uh, a, a lot of your favorite wrestling writers were, were tweeting about. Cody was gushing about MJF, right? Like, and rightfully so. He's I, he has to be the next star, like AEW made star, right? Like homegrown anyway. He has right. to be Jungle Boy. There's there's just no reason for Jungle Boy to beat him because Jungle Boy is already pretty over. If a win would do nothing for him. MJF has to get kind of get back in our in our good graces, if you will. Like we, he has to remind the mainstream of who he is and and why he's legit. Right. Um, I think the only way that they have Jungle Boy win is if they get Luchasaurus involved in some way. Sure. And they make it a Luchasaurus sure. MJF like bigger storyline. But I think for now, MJF, you put MJF over because, I mean, we've said this on the podcast numerous times. This guy has it like i don't know other way to say it he has it he knows he is super meta when he does his 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 work um he is the ultimate heel he's method out of the ring he's a method actor he has a cameo that he charges an insane amount of money (laughs) just so he can rip on people i mean this guy is the quintessential heel yep it's so like it's like an old school heel to me too because he does it in a way that is not breaking kayfabe. So it just harkens back to the good old days when like characters never broke. They they just never broke character. And you never had like you never see MJF on Twitter just like shouting out people like randomly or right. like, buddy buddy with people. Like you'll see that with every other but every other wrestler. He just refuses to break character. Yep. Um and it's it's a breath of fresh air. Yes, he's a dick and he does things <laughs> that are a bit over the line sometimes. A bit. But yeah fully like over the line yeah but like for as a wrestling fan it's such a breath of fresh air because you want to see somebody that's so committed to that angle kevin owens was kind of like that for a while when he was like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like he would yell at like little kids in that's the a great room. comp that's a great comp and, and like i just love what mj mjf does he gets so much heat he is his heat that he gets after like the heat that he got after beating Cody is similar to the heat that I remember like Tommaso. Do you remember when Tommaso Champa came back? Yeah. After he attacked Johnny Gargano yeah. and he didn't have he didn't have a ring uh um song or uh, an entrance, entrance song. song. Yeah. And he came out to nothing and he was just showering him with booze. Yeah. That was arguably the most heat I've ever heard in my life. Yep. And MJF is right up there. So I think what MJF is doing is great. I love what AEW is doing to kind of slow play his build. They could have easily put him in a title picture already, but they're slow playing it. And I really enjoy that um, because he is young. I mean, he's got a long way to go. So um, MJF wins here unless they do something with Luchasaurus. Um, if they do, I'm cool with MJF versus Luchasaurus. That'd be great. So, um, All right. So on. this this one may, may be the first time where we disagree on something because right now we're four for four on where we agree. And frankly, I hate it. <laughs> because well, I mean, we're going to disagree here on this because probably not a match. Because this is this is going to be bonkers. <laughs> like it's gonna literally, be I'm going to be screaming at my TV. I will agree because, with you on that. It will be bonkers because so. some wild shit is going to go down. Yes. So we have Darby Allen versus Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian yes. versus Luchasaurus and a mystery competitor. Oof. 
So Ooh. that mystery person is going to be is going to be somebody that's crazy. It could be uh, Jimmy Havoc. It could be somebody that they already have on the roster, or they can drop a signing that they haven't. They are saving for for double or nothing. Um, There's a lot. So I would have predicted a lot of recently released WWE people. They unfortunately have some non competes that end in like July. So I I don't know who the mystery competitor Dude, is. Now- does everybody get the non-compete? I, th- I didn't think everybody got the non-compete. I it was, thought it was a certain amount of people. It was a lot of the big... I think they're getting paid out until that time. So uh, I, I think that's... I mean, maybe there's someone... Maybe Zack Ryder says, screw that, right? Like, screw your non-compete. I'll void the contract. I'll void the back end of this contract. I'll get paid from AEW. I'm joining this match. Like, Zack Ryder would be nuts. But do you waste that pop if you're AEW? I don't know that that that's the only reason why I'm like, do you? The I, only I, thing I I see what you're saying, but like you don't know when when you're going to come back and have a crowd. Sure. So you don't want to like sit on you don't want to be like sitting on Zach. But Ryder also, like back. I think you are if you are following the NBA. Let's say the NBA, right? Because that's the one that's likely to come back, which is likely in July at this point. If you follow everything that's been happening with the NBA. If they're allowed to have, you know, if they're if they're allowed to have no audience games, there's going to be places somewhere in the country where they're going to have audience filled, not filled, audience shows. Period. I don't think they're going to do a full arena for at least no. That's that's not going to be till next year. But yeah, they want that I mean, organic reaction from the audience. Right. I mean, writer would be cool. I, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of leaving this open, like, open ended because I, I really don't know who it could be. Well, uh, I, I don't think it would be the mystery competitor who would win anyway. My no. pick, uh, I'll, I'll, let me go first. I'm going with Luchasaurus. Oh, that's yeah. a out of left field one. Holy shit. Yeah, man. that's, that's what I wanted. I, I know he got added late in, but so I will say this. In terms of, so the winner of this gets a gets a world title shot, right? Right. As great as all of these people are, at this point, I don't know if I'm buying any of them as a legitimate world title contender against John Moxley, except Luchasaurus. See, like, like there, there's cases to be made for everyone. I will admit that, but if we're looking at realistic cases. I don't know if I'm like Darby Allen. Eh, okay. Cole Cabana. Eh, okay. Orange Cassidy. Probably yes, because we're, <laughs> we're Orange Cassidy stands on this show. Ray Phoenix. Okay. Scorpio Sky. Okay. Kip Sabian. Okay. Frankie Kazarian. Okay. Like it's a lot of okays. It's a lot of yes. That would be fine. Luchasaurus is probably still in that realm as well. It's like, yeah, he'd be See, fine. I would put. I disagree with you here. Like, okay, and, here we go. And this is this is what we wanted. I like. I it. put Luchasaurus in the second tier of this of this match. Oh, I see. Okay. I see the first tier as Darby, Orange, and Scorpio. I think those three have been groomed to be challengers, not necessarily sure. champions, sure. but challengers. I think um, I would put. So I have a power rank of the top three. So my top three is Darby, Orange, and Scorpio. In that okay, order. I feel. Darby is the most exciting matchup for John Moxley. I don't. I think his style 
suits John Moxley. They can have some crazy match. They can beat the shit out of each other, and they'll both enjoy it. I think Orange Cassidy is the perfect matchup for Moxley because he is just ridiculously over. Right. I, if you haven't gone back and watched uh, his work with Pac at the last pay-per-view, nuts. please do. Nuts. Because you haven't heard a pop like you like you do with Orange Cassidy. Like the moment he starts doing something and quote unquote trying, the freaking roof blew off the place. So crazy. I, yeah. I love Orange Cassidy and Scorpio Sky. His match with with, with Jericho was great. Uh, he's kind of lost steam during this pandemic. He's he's uh, among many of the wrestlers that have kind of lost steam during this this situation because they're just not working as much. Um but he has a very bright future as a singles competitor. So I would put him in that top tier. And then below that, I would put Luchasaurus and, and Ray Phoenix. And then even further below that, I'd put Frankie and, and, and Kip Sabian. Now, it does kind of all depend on who this mystery competitor is. Sure. Um, if it does end up being a big name free agent, then it could be a little bit interesting. But my pick is Darby Allen. I just feel like Darby Allen versus John Moxley makes a ton of sense. Darby Allen has been groomed from the moment they started this company to be the next big superstar. Um, he's not going to win the belt, but damn it, he's going to put on a pretty damn good match. So, so I, I, I will say, I will say this in rebuttal: Darby's had a title shot already, correct? Like him and Jericho, or no? He he had a match against Jericho. It wasn't right. for the title. Was not for the title. We've seen Scorpio got a legitimate shot at right. the title. Orange. <laughs> he hasn't yet, although we've been pushing for that for what feels like years, but it's probably only been months. So I feel like they they would go for a little bit of a swerve and a little bit of a shock where it's not one of these guys who's had a, who's had a moment in the sun with the world title belt. Right. Now, like, who do you think? Like, which I is why Luchasaurus, I love Luchasaurus. Don't get me wrong. No, I love Luchasaurus. Absolutely. Um, I just don't think he's ready as a singles competitor. I think he is very much ingrained with Which is, the Jurassic Express. And that, I just don't think f- he's ready to fully branch that's out a into fair being point. his own entity. Yeah. With that being said, who do you think is most would be the best with a quote unquote briefcase? I'm assuming this is going to have a briefcase. Right. Some sort of. And so to your point, like if I'm being honest and like kind of looking at this big picture, like none of them do. If I like truly. I think Orange would be the most entertaining because it'd be like if he won it, he'd have this whole story arc of him not really caring about that he won it. And then if he cashed it in, him like walking down like half assed, handing it over to the ref, like that would That's be another thing that I want to like talk about. Like insane. How is this gonna work? Like, is this going to be money in the bank where they get a briefcase and they can cash it in any time? Or is it you win and you get a match and, and like it's set for you? Right. Well, so that that remains to be seen. The point is, we have to decide who the legitimate number one contender is, and I think that's the issue. I think that's the biggest issue with this ladder match as a whole is that there's no clear number one. Like, it, 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 let's 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 draw real quick a WWE parallel, right? Mm-hmm. As great as Otis is. He is not the first person I think about when it's like, who's going to challenge right. for the world title? Who's going to challenge Braun or Drew for for their respective championships? It's not Otis, to be honest. Right. If it was if it was King Corbin, that kind of makes sense. 
Um, but WWE is in the power position where they're like, we have, we're in a spot now where we can give it to Otis and we will be fine. Is AEW there yet? I don't think so. And frankly, none of these people have, and it's, and it's frankly from a an age standpoint where it's like, AEW is a year old, right? A year and change old. So th- they don't have as much leash to give where it's like, oh yeah, I can trust that this guy is a legitimate title contender. None of these people yet are. Luchasaurus would, is like... I would like, argue that Darby is. he. No, so if if I was power ranking, it would be Luchasaurus, Darby's number two. Like he's He might be even 1A. I think from a mainstream perspective, Luchasaurus, he has like a dinosaur persona he's huge he's a big dude and that's why you give him that shot darby allen like look in any other world hell yes let's give him the title shot let's get weird him moxley let's throw out let's throw out some weird uh match match stipulations and let, let, let's have at it but if we're talking about the world title and you're talking about double or nothing i, I think you got to go a little bit more mainstream and, and See, I think just he's. I think he has been groomed to be one of the top stars going into 2021, and I think now is the time to have him win on this big stage, the biggest stages they offer. Sure, you expose him to a little bit more mainstream. Even though he's been kind of near the top since they've started, he was put over by Cody. He's been put over by Pat. Yeah. He's been put over by just about everybody. Absolutely. Um, and I just think. You can have him wrestle Mox on a on a smaller pay per view, one of their other three or four, uh, and it would have been it would be a great match. Don't get me wrong; it's going to be a great match. I don't think he wins, but I think it'll be a great match and something that you can kind of help build him further and further. I just don't think Luchasaurus is there. So, I mean, no, this is going to be. Don't get me wrong; this is going to be an entertaining as hell. Match. It's going to be nuts. It's, and wow. I think I think the fact that we disagree is the most exciting part because we honestly have no idea. Usually in WWE, you have a sense. aside from the Otis thing, you yeah. and I usually have a sense of like, yeah, it's probably like one of these two dudes. In this, they could easily go Colt Cabana because this dude has a podcast, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they, they could swerve to just about anybody. Exactly. Like, which which is equally exciting as like, oh yeah, let's give it to King Corbin. Yeah, I mean, we can go through this and find a positive in everybody. Darby, he's exciting, he's young, he's violent, and his matchup with Mox would be great. Cole Cabana is an OG. People love him. Orange Cassidy, super over. Ray Phoenix, incredible talent, would do insane work with John Moxley. Scorpio Sky, insane talent, showing already that he has skills for a single competitor as a single competitor. Kip saving up and comer, not quite there in my opinion, but he is a great talent, excellent right. looking man. He is a gorgeous man, handsome man, handsome, handsome. very jealous. Um, Frankie Kazarian, OG, been through it all. Um, would put on a pretty solid match with Mox Luchasaurus. If you talked about, he's uh, an insane talent. He's the Vince, Vince classically, like even yo, give him a title shot, guy. Yeah, even though he was at WWE and just didn't right, do and they but, didn't pan out. Um, and then the mystery competitor. I mean, there's positives to everybody. I just feel like Darby just fits a little bit more. So moving on, we spent way too much time on that casino ladder match. Uh, <laughs> Rightfully so, though. Pro- like I, in the, in our in our sheet here, this is the fourth match, but I feel like this is going to be the main event. It is the Matt Hardy and the Elite be. versus the Inner Circle in a Stadium Stampede match, which is being pre-taped. I think today 
um, or yesterday, if you're listening to this on Saturday, in Jacksonville, they are getting the entire stadium um, to work with. Apparently, there's going to be a ring at the 50-yard line. It's going to be a little weird. Um, from what I read, there's going to be special guest appearances. It's going to be a lot of weird things. They're doing the pre-tape thing because they can take advantage of certain aspects of storytelling. Obviously, Matt Hardy is involved. So when you think of Matt Hardy, you think of pre-tape matches, crazy stuff. So um, I have a feeling here. Now, I know in, instantly we want to say Matt Hardy versus, and the Elite are going to win. But I think the Inner Circle wins. And I think it's because they want to keep that that stable powerful. I think so too and I think it's because Hangman finally turns. Boom. So he joins the inner circle or he just turns? No, he just turns. Like they look, they teased that way too long for there to be nothing. And look, obviously the pandemic happened and they had to kind of call an audible on everything. But if you're saving like you can't just I was talking about this on on Top Rope Nation like multi-man tag matches in general, they kind of mean nothing in the grand scheme of things, right? right. Like the, the, there's just kind of no end game there. On this, there is an end game because there is someone in the elite who has been teasing his turn for months and we've just never gotten it. And again, I think, I think Paige eventually becomes his own star. I think he eventually becomes his own dude. I think he's going to turn on the elite and, and, and Matt Hardy because it, it's just, it's just time. He also hasn't really been around, but mm-hmm. so you want to make an impact on if we're equating this to AEW's WrestleMania, this is how you do it. This is how you make multi-man matches like this feel important. You have an emotional turn where everyone is left like, Oh, I was expecting this at some point, but not today. I like that. Um, because I'm with you, I, I, I completely agree. The multi-man tag matches do become a little stale. They 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 lack a little something. Hangman turning would a complicate the the tag team picture because then what do you do with the belts? But I think from a storytelling perspective, it would make things really interesting. Sure. Now another thing to kind of take into a, to to thought is what if Hardy turns. What if Hardy becomes wow. a loose cannon? Not necessarily I... <laughs> joining the elite or joining the inner circle, but just becomes broken Matt Hardy, a loose cannon that nobody can trust. And he's just out there floating on on uh, on the outer rim of things. And that's what costs them. Um, I mean, I, I just feel like I, like I, I don't think there's any way that Matt Hardy and the elite come out of this victorious. I think the inner circle... Um, from a storytelling perspective, need to be put over. Yes. They need to reassert yeah. their dominance. Um, and they can reassert their dominance by having somebody turn on the other side, whether it's Matt Hardy or, or Hangman Page. They just need to have that visual of them standing over the elite, showing their dominance as Victorious. a Yeah, and I think they need it, especially like with Jericho not having the title, they need something to hold over somebody. And if it's right. a win, a double or nothing over the elite, I think that's enough to carry them for a very, very long time. And so we we have to also talk about the work that Sammy Guevara has been doing these last kill, few weeks. Kill. He has really elevated himself in my mind to be the number two within the inner circle. Oh, um, he's not even close at this point. I think what he's been doing 
has just really showcased his skill set and his uh, the reason why AEW is so high on him. Yes, I think he could be a future title holder. I think he is one of the four or five that I see as like the future of the company. Yep. Even though the company's really young and they still have some really great talent, I think there's already a level below that A-list star that is establishing themselves as the next wave. And he's he's right up there with Darby, with Orange Cassidy, um, with Kip Sabian cause, and, and others as like that next wave and MJF as the next wave of just leaders of the AEW revolution. He is yes. excellent. Uh, no, I... You you will get no disagreement from me on that. I think he's been incredible. Um, I think Jericho's also been pushing him in that direction from the get go. Jericho Jericho is also kind of certifying and establishing himself, or already reestablishing himself as one of the all time greats. Oh, my his work that he's God. been doing, like whether it's in ring, in the booth, at home doing um, tape stuff for uh, with, with Vanguard One or whatever, like. He's just showing you like, hey, I may be like 50 years old, but I'm still one of the greats. And like, this is why. I So I'll talk about this real quick and then we'll move on. His ability to reinvent himself with different gimmicks is one of the most miraculous things. And that's why every time you see him, he gets a pop, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not. I look, I, I, I love Roman Reigns. He has he has one gear. Right. It's like, hey, I'm a good guy. Um, I, I work hard and th- that's fine. That's your lane. I perfectly respect that. And that's where you should stay if you feel comfortable. Jericho is able to go gears one through five mm-hmm. and he will switch gears to whatever. And he will he will adjust to that gear. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that because, right. look, he was the Ayatollah of rock and roll at one point. Right. And then all of a sudden he was like the the fucking universal champion or he was the, what is it the undisputed champion undisputed champion all of a sudden he was doing the list like there's uh, those are three examples only and he has had so many different variations of himself where he's like yes i'm sticking true to jericho i'm adding i'm sprinkling in you know these different personas and to do that where no one has ever said you're a clown this is corny is incredible especially in this like look as fans in wrestling it's a very cynical business we Mm -hmm. look for the holes all the time that's just that's just in our nature and it's really hard to find that in jericho and at the end of all of this i think we are absolutely talking about him on our mount rushmore's because right now 100 i'm probably not to be honest because i'm still so ingrained in like the rocks the stone colds the hbk's and, you know, there's still the Flares, the Hogans that we haven't even touched. Jericho is, he's like Andy Dufresne himself into the conversation of the GOATs. And I think he's on like the, I think if you if you take the the Mount Rushmore for like smart marks, he may be in the, in the conversation. I think he is easily. Yeah, he's just, you're right. Like he's been able to reinvent himself so many times and, and continue to make himself relevant decade after decade after decade. Um, and, and now in AEW, I mean, we have these conversations when AEW was launching about, is he washed up? Like, is this like, is it worth putting the belt on him because you're putting a belt on a nearly 50 year old man? And I was wrong. 
I and, frankly was a thousand and percent. The wrong. work that he did to make that AEW title relevant and to make to add cachet to it is, is second to none. Even without the belt, like he's doing stuff in the booth that is just incredible storytelling. Oh, so good. He has a mind for the business that is second to none. Um, he he reminds us that wrestling, yes, yes, we love all the technical aspects in the ring between the four corners. It's about storytelling. Right. And yep. he nails that every time, no matter where he is, whether he's in WWE, New Japan, AEW, you can't say he doesn't tell a story. That and you it's, want it's to great to see with. him also with the shackles off. I yes. mean, we were, yeah. there was a point in time in early, his early run in the WWE where there were very little shackles on him because that was just the way things were run. And then and he came back and came back and more and more restrictions were put on him as a, as a character, as a wrestler, as an entertainer, um, because that's just the way WWE runs things. They put yep. a lot of restrictions on you and, yep. they, and they have you read their promos, all that kind of stuff. And now you see him with nothing. Like he is freewheeling it every time, and what he's doing is brilliant. So, um, big ups to Chris Jericho again. We picked the inner circle in this match. Long winded answer. Uh, let's <laughs> move on to the women's championship match. We can keep these ones short. I- I'm going Nyla. There just seems to be no reason for her to no lose DQ, the belt. No count out. This is Nyla Rose all day. Nyla, long. let's keep moving it on. TNT Championship. Um, I'm interested to see where you go with this. So I'll let you go first. Oh, I think it's Lance Archer. I think it's. Oh, okay. I-, I thought the same thing. Uh, I don't think they can put it. They put so much into building Lance Archer as this monster, as this incredible villain. They have Jake the Snake. You brought in Jake, yeah. To help boost him because Lance isn't a great talker. And what better way to to boost him up by having one of the great character wrestlers of all time come in and and make him seem important, make him seem crazy. So Lance Archer wins here. Tyson gets involved some way. Um, Oh, my God. I can't. That might be, we might have to talk about the content that we produce with the Tyson thing because that's like that's honestly one of the things I'm most excited about for this card. Yeah, it's just the Tyson. I, I don't, I don't know how well Lance does with the title. Um, I think Cody would be better with Cody would be better with the title long term. Yeah, yeah, but I Give think in Lance, terms of the way they've built Lance and the yes. way they've established him within the company to start out, it just makes sense to have Lance win this. Maybe have Cody win it. In a month, in a few months, sure. have him, that's how you get the belt on him. But I think Lance now just you, you put it on him. Cody goes, lets him go over. Moving on, AEW World Championship match. John, this is I mean, this is straight out of WWE here. We got John Moxley <laughs> versus Brody Lee and the Dark Order. There is not a chance in hell John Moxley drops his belt. Zero, zero. I I will say I am bummed that Brody Lee is not getting his opportunity in front of like a crowd to be right. a number one contender because he deserves that. He's he's incredible. It's still like it's his debut as the exalted one and his work with the dark order without a crowd has really suffered because of the lack of the crowd. Yes. I yes. think his debut would have been massive. It was pretty big, but with no crowd, you never felt that energy and the dark order desperately desperately needs a a rejuvenation and i think if they would have got that pop it would have just it would have flooded the dark order with that energy that it needed to really take it over the top and take it up to the level that it needs to be and right now just kind of floundering we we, it's really because there's no crowd we talked about how no crowds have have affected certain wrestlers and we talked about carrying cross his debut 
where you're like, yeah, this dude doesn't need an audience. I mean, it would have been amazing with it, but he's such a his character is such like a serial killer and a psycho where you're like, yeah, that's probably fine. There wasn't a crowd there. <laughs> it probably was. It probably he probably benefited from it. Brody Lee would have absolutely a thousand percent benefited, especially him going down this lane of is he doing a Vince character? Yeah, um, would have gotten a lot of pops from you know an audience, and it's a bummer because again, I even when he was in WWE, there was a lot of talk about how yo you got to work with this dude. He's he's a monster. He's a beast. And he just never got that shine from Vince for whatever reason. Uh, Vince never trusted him. And now that he has it, like, yeah, he's not going to win this match, but he can absolutely be trusted in a main event spot. And the fact that AEW is trusting him in their main event spot for this pay-per-view speaks volumes. volumes yeah. I mean, this is going to be a good match. Don't get me wrong. Gonna this is going to be a very yeah. good match. Um, I really love Brody Lee's in-the-ring in work. Yeah, um, he is a big man who is agile, who throws just haymakers of of clotheslines Those. and lariats. Yep, um, like JBL style lariats. So, um, I think it's going to be a great match. I think they're they're going to beat the shit out of each other, and I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be fantastic. I just don't think I, I don't think you could take the belt off of Moxley right now. No, um, no, no, no. There's there's zero chance Mox loses this, and I I don't think he loses the title until fans are back. I don't think even after that, I don't think he loses the title for like a year plus. Like you have so, to legitimize it a little bit. A question I have for you. Um, do you think that now we ran through this and we were pretty like certain on a lot of these. Do you think these cards become a little less predictable uh, once they inter- fully introduce the TNT championship and start introducing more belts, maybe more characters? Because um, right now, AEW, for the most part, is pretty like you can get a sense as to where they're going um, and make pretty good assumptions of who's going to win each match. I feel like WWE does a pretty good job of swerving sometimes. Sure. Uh, so that you can't really compre- like You can't really get a sense of where they're going. I feel with AEW, when you look at cards, when you look at the storylines, like, okay, this is what's <laughs> going to happen. Like they, right. the, the TNT championship tournament from the jump, it was like, you looked at the, the seating, like, Oh, this is going to be Cody versus Lance Archer. Yeah. Um, I I think they've been adjusting to the no crowds. I think they were adjusting to that before anything. And mm-hmm. that's affected their booking. So do I think that's going to make them less predictable? Like, no. Um, because so. Do you think that's a long-term problem then? I, I do think it's so, look. What they had issues early on, right? When when they first started doing every week, where it was like, where's this? Where's this all going? It's kind of the same shit, right. over and over again. And then they started to figure it out. They started to figure it out toward the end of last year, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, AEW's back, mm-hmm. right? That that's where we all were. And then this pandemic hits. So I do think with the right amount of time in the right environment, they do figure it out. I, I, I am confident in that because I do think whenever we doubted AEW, they love that. And they mm-hmm. were like, all right, we're, we're going to figure this out. Whereas WWE, every time you doubt them, it seems like they just kind of lean into it more, Yeah, if that makes sense. So I, I do think there are different reactions per company. So I, w, or sorry, AEW, 
I think will become less predictable in terms of how they book their cards. But this whole thing, this whole pandemic has thrown a wrench in their plans. And no one planned for this. You and I didn't plan for this. So, like, I mean, how is a company whose job is to plan for this supposed to plan for it? So I'm I'm confident that when everything kind of returns back to pseudo-normal, they will be able to keep us on our toes and be able to swerve us as much as WWE is. Yeah, because that's just some that's just something that I've noticed. Um sure. I love their product. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Yes. I love watching Dynamite every week. Uh I think what they do in the ring is is just top quality. But in terms of their their the story booking for their title matches, it becomes increasingly predictable. Um to the point where it's becoming problematic. I think there's only been two matches, two title matches throughout this entire run where I've been off or surprised by right. the outcome. Yep. Um, I think one of them was Nyla versus, um, versus Rio. Rio. Yeah. And, and then I think the other one might've been a tag team belts. Um, I think the, the biggest sort of obviously was having private party beat the young bucks in the, in the tag team tournament. Sure. But like, in terms of the title matches, you get a sense like, okay, this is a switch is coming here, or they're gonna they're gonna keep. Like, I just want to feel a little less sure of what's going to happen. I'm hoping that changes once the pandemic ends. So we'll yeah. see where that goes. Um, let's move on to the week in wrestling. Now it was somewhat busy. Uh, a lot of matches kind of built out for 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 next month's pay per views. Yep, that I'm extremely excited about. So. Big ones happening on Wednesday were some matches uh, announced for NXT in your house. Obviously, the big Hell one yes. here was Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. Please. Now, <laughs> this is going to be just extremely violent and extremely good. I cannot wait for this match. I think I think what Tommaso can do for fuck Killer Cross, I'm not calling him Karrion Cross. I refuse to use that name. Yeah. Uh, for Killer Cross will be immense. Um, I think he, I think Killer Cross is going to be a future NXT champion. I love that they have Scarlett um, as kind of his uh, chaperone, yes, um, and, and part of his his gimmick. Um, I just, I, I can't speak highly enough of, of Killer of Killer Cross. I think his in ring work, I think his character, I think his body, his look is great, and everything that that WWE uh, and Triple H and Vince want. So. I think this is going to be a stepping stone for him to be in the main event picture. And then I think I predicted this last week, Charlotte versus EO versus Rhea for the NXT women's championship. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we were both juiced once in your house was announced as, as returning these two matches being on there like a kid in the goddamn candy store. (laughs) I'm super juiced. This is, And, and then you got, you probably, uh, Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano, and right. then you'll probably have Dream versus Adam Cole again. Like, this is going to be a monster card. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be very good. To, to talk about the the, I, I'll join you. The Killer Cross thing, like Scarlet is like the Harley Quinn to his Joker, right? It's just yeah, it's it's that close of a relationship where Scarlet could stand out on her own, just like Harley Quinn can. Right, just as as an individual character. Well, she did for she. And she, she was did. on her own. Yeah, right. she was on her own in, in, in Impact Wrestling, and she was great. Right, and um, I think uh, you know this is their way of easing her and carrying Cross into into NXT, and that's fine for right now, uh, because once crowds come back, I think at some point you're going to have to deal with them separately. Mm-hmm. But 
right now, absolutely a, a, a fantastic way to develop them and debut them. So uh, no complaints on that end. And look, In Your House, we grew up on In Your House. In Your House I've been used wa- to be... I, I turned on a couple old ones uh, since they announced this. I fucking love In Your House pay-per-views. They like, used to bring be, back the house. They used to be so random and you just right. buy into it. There would be no announcement. There'd be no buildup. And you'd be like, yeah, no pre-show. So everything was just on the card. So I, I, I'm very, very excited. And again, look, NXT, who, who at this point, who are we to doubt Triple H and his ability to book a pay-per-view? Because he is, he's, he's just got it, man. He's, he's, he really does. And like, I can't wait for him to take over the company because he's going to be he very is, good. He's going to uh, be so good. He just knows the business. And like, I don't know if you remember, but like the first Hell in a Cell match was at an in-your-house pay-per-view. Yes, it was. Shawn Michaels versus, yeah. versus Undertaker yeah. in a really bloody match. And, 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 and Kane debuted. I still remember that uh, like it was yesterday. I was screaming at the top of my lungs <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, that match made my mom like grimace because of the, the amount of blood. Um, it was a lot of blood. It was a lot. That's still a lot of blading. Easily like that's one A and Taker Mankind is one B in terms of the all time greatest Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah, um, it, nothing has topped those two. It's been all. I just rem- I remember all been downhill. The, the concept then. being announced and the, seeing the cage for the first time and being like, "Holy cow!" Yeah. Um. So I'm so glad that they're bringing it back. Moving on, I know that I spoke about this really quickly. Um, during our double or nothing rundown, but the, the IC title tournament is continued on SmackDown. Yep. Uh, Jeff Hardy has advanced. And so does AJ Styles beating Shinsuke Nakamura. Who has been uh, traded to SmackDown, by the way. I didn't know we were still doing this. I saw that. I was like, wait, uh, we're still doing trades? Yeah. So his inclusion in the tournament in general, because obviously the IC title is on SmackDown. You just thought it was part of that, whatever, the brand invitation? I, I just thought he was just so he got look, he got traded there because now they're pre-taping everything and it really doesn't matter what day he's away from home. So that's really all it comes down to traded for for superstars to be named later. And it's really starting to get under my skin now. Just do like I know that a lot of us love the brand split because you can have it gives you it gives everybody a chance to be on TV. But at this point, with the wild card rule, with this weird rule where every month four superstars can come to the show or something like that. Uh, different shows, like just get rid of the brand split and just allow people to be on the shows whenever, and maybe like give other hours to other talents so that you're not continually having like the same six people on every show. But the brand split has kind of run its course in my opinion. So I just want to see it's, it's confusing. They find like these, in, they introduce these loopholes that are even more confusing. So I, I don't, I don't really care for it. That's just my view. No, no, I, I, I'm with you. And I, I do think without a pandemic, look, <laughs> I feel like I start every sentence with everyone in my life with look, without a pandemic, <laughs> um, look, without a pandemic, I think you keep the brand splits as they are and there would be no issue. There might be an occasional run in from, you know, cross branding and, you know, we'd pop for it, but this is just kind of what they have to do because this is who's available. Certain people just aren't available because they don't want to be. And that's totally fine. This is unprecedented. Yeah. Um, So one of the questions that I kind of posed 
on Twitter um, during this AJ Shinsuke match. I'm kind of interested to get your opinion. Sure. I put my opinion up on Twitter is um, like how many future Hall of Famers do you think are currently on the WWE roster? Like I've seen some people can already consider AJ to be a Hall of Famer and I'm not quite there yet. Um, he's great. Don't get me wrong. His work in wrestling is, is undeniable, but in terms of WWE, I wouldn't quite put him in the, in the hall of fame. I had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think there's a lot. 10, 11, 12. I had 12 that are currently on the roster. And one of them is a tag team. There's a lot. I feel like I had, because list me who you have and I'll, I'll agree or disagree. I had Brock, Charlotte. Yes. Yes. Becky. Yes. Seth. Yes. Roman. Yes. New Day. Yes. Big Show. <laughs> yes. He's yeah. he's 100%. He has solid. to be. Yeah, yeah. He has Daniel Bryan. Yeah. John Cena. Yep. Kane. Yep. Ray. Yep. And The Miz. Yeah. There's probably the most pushback on The Miz. But, but The Miz is easily a Hall of Famer. No. He's, that, given his... For one, like just he's been in the company forever. Run, run his resume and he will... Uh, Compared to anyone else, he's undoubtedly in the in the Hall of Fame. I think AJ, dude, AJ, even though he's been in in such a short amount of time, he has to be a Hall of Famer. Regardless of if, like, I, you would incorporate his previous work because they will do that, right? They they no, always, they, they end up I doing think they it. Only do that. I think they only do that if they buy Impact Wrestling or if they buy TNA rights. But if they don't do that, I don't think they... they I think even him. if you don't and you just go New Japan and you talk about this Japan work, he's in. Like, he has to be in. And I think they have to buy pre... Uh, they have to, to get the library rights from one of those companies to... So, even if they don't, run his resume... Oh, his resume is undeniable. Don't in get me wrong. WWE, like, right? He's, like a, he's a former world champion. Um, he he's won the United States Championship. He might win this Intercontinental Title tournament, to be honest. And if he does, undoubtedly a Hall of Famer. I think I just think he's so good to the point where if you neglect him and you don't put him in the Hall of Fame, you will look stupid. And I don't think so. And look, th- he's. Let's also look ahead to who's running the company at that time. Is knock on wood. Like I'm not wishing for anything to happen to anyone. Is if Triple H is running things, AJ is in hands down. I think like the way I think about it, like if if AJ continues this level of work for five, six, seven more years, then yes, he'll get in because ultimately he's going to com- complete the Grand Slam. That's just the way yeah. it's going to happen. But he is a little bit on the older side. I don't know if he has that much time left for them. He's been great in his run. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's been Hall of Fame worthy in his WWE run in his entire wrestling career. He's a Hall of Famer. But so to counter that, Sting is in the WWE Hall of Fame. But Sting's work with WCW was something that was bought by the WWE. That's what I'm saying. Sure. So like, no, which is, which is, which is all com- that, all, all that run in WCW technically considered is considered as WWE property. If they were to buy TNA rights and say like, Hey, all this stuff that's, that was TNA stuff is now on the, on the WWE networks in our library. It's technically our property. Then he's in 100% Samoa Joe is in. I just like think all it's, those guys. I think it's a different time now where, like, look, if you listen to a WWE podcast, the New Day podcast, uh, Corey Graves' podcast, they're out here acknowledging other companies. And it's just, it's not the time 
where it's like, oh, WCW is kind of on the peripheral and we will acknowledge them once we buy their rights. You you can't not take AJ but, as a as as a figure without taking in his work in New Japan, his work in Impact. And so he has to be. And he's he's arguably still the best worker right now. No, like the thing is, is like if if they don't buy that, what are they gonna show at the ceremony? His last three years? But last I feel, four years? So I feel like AJ I, so I don't I don't know the deal with all these these rights and how you can show footage. I feel like look if they were if Triple H turns to AJ and he says, We want to induct you into the Hall of Fame, can you talk to whoever runs CNA? Dixie Carter. <laughs> you know who still runs that shit. Can you talk to them about just getting footage of you being freaking awesome in TNA? AJ will talk to whoever he needs to talk to. I feel like he has so much pull. New Japan will hand over that footage like it's nothing. Just I don't I don't see them making that call until they they buy those rights. Yes, he's been great. He's been great in WWE. I just don't think they're they're not going to take into his full his full run worldwide. It w- it also, w- the other people that I don't know if you noticed that are missing, Sasha and Bailey are not in my Hall of Fame. I don't think they've done. I would say That's... Bailey has a better case than Sasha at this point because Which, Bailey's and, won and all right. the belts. She's the Grand Slam champ. Um, but I don't think what they've done is on the level of Charlotte and Becky. But I think um, at, at, at on some level, like if Beth Phoenix is is in the Hall of Fame, though they'll make it, and they're going to I'm, they're going to do something. They're going don't to make do it. something they're just not on my list now. Right. That, and that's right. I, I think they're going to do something where the four horsewomen will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. Right. I think, yeah, the, there's just no way that all four of them don't make it because they've made a point of highlighting the four of them together at any point, whenever they could. So I, right. I think at some point they, they, they I think, are. They are I think they get there. I just think right now what they've done in, in the WWE, they've done great things. But what have what Charlotte and ba- and Becky have done are head and shoulders above what they've done. Obviously, Sasha was uh, hurt immensely by not being around for the first sure. chunk of last year. Um, I think Bailey can get there. I think what she's doing lately has been great. Um, she is adding a new dimension to that character um, and really helping stand out and and elevate from where she was. Right. Um, but I just feel like right now the the twelve that I put out just have an no, incredible case. That's right a, that's a good twelve for if you're talking about locked in, locked down Hall of Famers. You're right; those those twelve are locked in, and you know, you will get no. I would even say that the me. Usos are are close. They're probably on there. Look, if the Dudley Boys are in, this is always my thing: is like if if X is in, these have to be in. The Usos are but one I of say, the best tag teams again, ever. like. The Dudleys were great in WWE, but their work in ECW is really what established themselves as Hall of Famers because they set, they created, it is them, they they yes. created their brand through ECW and came into WWE as just. But the Usos are what stars. like seven time tag team champions now, six time. Yeah, I mean they're close. So, Don't get me wrong, they're real close. Once you pass that five close. threshold, I feel like you have to be in as a tag team. So. I mean, they might not achieve the single singles success that you might like from a Hall of Famer, but as a group, like they're, they're admitting, like they admitted Harlem Heat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, we don't disrespect Harlem Heat on this. Podcast. I will never disrespect Harlem Heat, but I'm saying <laughs> okay. if you're okay. looking at track records and resumes, the Usos line up, 
and and yeah, yeah I mean the, the Usos are kind of right there for me. So when I was putting together the list, I actually had them and then I deleted them. So uh, <laughs> just we fair. got sidetracked a little bit here. Um, title matches added to Backlash. We'll go through these really quick because I do want to talk last ride with you. Sure. Um, so Bobby Lashley is going to face Drew McIntyre. Uh, I actually really like this Why match. Why not? Yeah, watch their, their matches well. in TNA. Go back and watch them. They're pretty great. They're great. Um, and then tonight they uh, they added Miz and Morrison versus Braun Strowman for the Universal Title. Braun's gonna hang on to that. I I do like the inclusion of Miz and Morrison for the for the title. I, I actually I like this, and this is going to lead it. to their split because they're showing they're showing cracks. Yeah. So, so this is just a way to get that. We, and we talked that about that. Split. I would love to see Morrison on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, Miz obviously has thrived on his own and they've had a great run together but it's time for, for them to split I do think Braun's going to retain alright let's let's talk last ride we're two episodes in Um, I was actually I hate to plug my own appearances but I'm going to I was actually plug on them. I was on the fight game fight game podcast uh, with our fellow wrestling brethren on the Blue Wire Network to talk about the last ride and so so it's still going it's still ongoing two mm-hmm. episodes are in I thought it's been three or four, three, four episodes. I think I, I for, it's, a, it's a limited run. Very last dance esque. <laughs> There's a cutoff. Right. I think it's been very, 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 very well done so far. In that, like, I was talking about this with Garrett. You know, it's, it's, it's starting to watch the Undertaker's character, like, almost go away and, like, getting us getting to know the man known as Mark Calloway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's always been very strange for me. And it's probably because I grew up in an age where the undertaker was this ominous figure, right? Wrestling or non-wrestling. He was always the undertaker. And he talks about that. He protected that character like nothing else. And Vince did the same. And now we're watching him just become like this normal dude. And, and to his credit, he deserves to go out however he wants, right? Like right. He, he's, he's put in so much work. I think the doc's been done very well. I, if you're comparing it to like the last dance on ESPN uh, with, with Michael Jordan. I think it's similar. It, it, I, think it, it, I think it's really similar. It is. I think they're very different. I think the, the biggest similarity, but similarity between the two of them is their desire for perfection, right? Like MJ right. would not, let you settle for anything less than the best undertaker expects that of himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you kind of see that in the first two episodes where like the reigns match. I do remember thinking at that time, like, Oh man, it's time for this dude to go. He had, you know, they had a couple of botches here and there, but it bothered him so much. And he's like, I'm coming back. I'm I'm going I'm to be back this. and I'm going to be in the best shape of my like adult, like the last 10 years of my career. I'm getting hip surgery. Right. I'm having yeah. surgery to re to make up for that bad match. And right. that's I don't know how many people people would do that other than him. And you know, there's obviously this loyalty to Vince that they talk about in the dog, which is nuts. And there there's just a lot of points where again, we're we're older now and we, we kind of relate to him on a different level. Like he has kids, he's got a wife, and he just wants to do right by them. And mm-hmm. there is still a part of him that wants to leave this legacy of being the Undertaker, but there's also the part of him that wants to just spend most of his time at home <laughs> and watch mm-hmm. his kids, chase his kids around the house, and hang out with his wife, and you know, work once a year. And that I can respect. 
regardless is as weird as it is to hear him sign like oh i signed like a 15 year deal until i'm 70 or whatever it is like that's nuts to that's me. crazy um this, I mean, this whole I, thing is my biggest crazy. takeaway from this has been i'm with you i think the similarity between him and, and, and michael jordan in terms of their perfectionist uh, attitude like he was le- like the the way they open episode two with him watching the reigns match and getting visibly disgusted yep with the botches and the pace um and and wanting to get back into it this is a five-part series by the way i, I did a quick check this is a five-part uh, yep. miniseries um it really stood out to me i think the the format and and the structure of, of the overall doc is very similar to last dance i think the one thing that i'm missing here um is the openness from other parties it sure. feels like mark calloway has been it, it, it seems to be like an open book to, the, to a certain degree obviously there are certain things that he's probably not going to talk about but he is very much in line with what jordan was doing in the last dance and where they're they're saying certain things maybe fabricating something some other things and, and not really opening up about a lot of other things but the difference here in, in my opinion is with the last dance i felt like other parties were willing to open up and be a little bit more honest where with the last ride, I see these interviews with uh, WWE talent, uh, WWE producers, Vince McMahon, and they seem very overproduced as generic, like, Hey, let's just do touch like really classy uh, interviews, not really get down to the, to the nitty gritty of things, which is so great to hear about when it comes to wrestling, because there's a lot of dirt and grime that comes, with wrestling especially when you're wrestling for 30 30 plus years right um, especially if you like if you listen to edge talk during this 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 uh this doc it's very much this like boilerplate uh run-of-the-mill kind of interview that i wish was a little bit more raw and i understand this is a ww produced documentary so we're right. not gonna get all the dirt that you would you would want but um there's just some things that i wish were a little bit more gritty and real rather than a little bit overproduced um but for the most part i've been really uh i was really entertained i kind of i binged these um recently i just did one and two back to back and i was just like i'm just gonna catch up and um i i i admire the fact that he was so closeted as a character like i'm not gonna do interviews i'm not gonna do podcasts i'm not gonna do anything that would break from undertaker cave fade he is an old school mind in that sense. Like I'm going to keep kayfabe as much as possible. There's even a moment in the po- in in the documentary where he's checking into the hotel and Roman comes up to him and it's like shooting the shit. And you can hear Undertaker like you can't even keep kayfabe for like ten minutes, like until I check in. Like yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. is like is gone in the business, and I love that. Uh, I respect it. Um, and I, I even listened to his interview with with Bill Simmons on on, on the Ringer. Uh, and he said very similar things and, and um, I want to see more. I just wish it was a little bit more uh, real in the sense, because uh, with it being WWE network produced, it, it there's going to be a lot of things less left out. A lot of things that are um, kind of glossed over and made to look a little bit nicer than they actually are. I mean, it, so I will draw that parallel to the last dance as well. And that look, the last dance as honest as it was it had problems that's that's a production co-signed by mj's production company right Right. so they cut out a lot of the shit that mj doesn't want you to know and obviously undertaker's doc is the same way it's it's wwe produced like you said 
but I don't think the point of it was to expose like the dark secrets of the Undertaker or to say that he wasn't a locker room leader like he he's been said to be all these years. I think it was just simply like, yo, at that at this point leading up to the WrestleMania match with Roman, this might be my last match. Let's let's throw some cameras on. Let's see what happens. And I'm interested to see it evolved. No, no, sorry. I'm very interested to see in these upcoming episodes the reaction to not only the the Saudi Arabia or was it Saudi Arabia or Australia match with it was with Goldberg DX versus Kane. Oh, that one. Yes, yes, that really terrible match. That's and also next. The Goldberg match. That like those are the awful DX, matches. The DX match is next, and you hear them in the preview, or at least Taker being like it. It was awful, and you see some of the botches. Like they don't hide from that, right? Yeah. So, so I, I'm interested to see their reactions to that because uh, look on when I was on with with Double G. And, and the fight game guys, I compared this stretch of the Undertaker to like MJ's Wizards years, where you're like, yeah, that's the same guy, but you know, and then dot, they show dot, like dot. little flashes, but for the most part, they're like completely washed. right. Like MJ averaged 22 with the Wizards, not the same dude. You know, he could still deliver choke slam and, and a tombstone, but it, it, it's a yeah. dude who's a shell of himself. So I am interested to see how the rest of this this documentary goes. I think they've done a, a good job of it so far. But it, like with most documentaries who are involved with the people who are making it, it there, there is a little bit of propaganda involved, right? Of like making them seem more glorified than they are. So we'll, I actually we'll wish see. they they did this, this like length um with Edge, I really liked the Edge yeah, documentary. Yeah, that was really for good. WrestleMania. That was excellent. I wish it could have been a five part because this is, I think they can go a little bit more in depth, um, especially with Edge storyline. Yeah. Um, and, and my criticism isn't to say that I'm not enjoying this. I'm very much enjoying it. I just wish we would get a, a more raw, real documentary, similar like similar to in, in the vein of Dark Side of the Ring. Like show the show the ugliness. Like there's a yeah. lot of ugliness that is in this game. I just um, and I know that they don't want to do it because it, it would hurt the business, but um, I think for for wrestling fans and people that grew up with the Taker and, and during that Attitude Era when so much shit was going on, um, I think it would be hugely beneficial just to shine a light on it just for a little bit. Like let's let's hear uh, and- about Taker's um, reaction to the screw job. He talked about it a little bit during during the Simmons um, pod, yeah, his interview with with Simmons, but like. He was legitimately pissed off because he felt like he could have found a way to alleviate the pressure of that situation and, and make sure that everybody was happy. Yep. Um, I think there's there's some things that I would have loved to see, loved to see a little bit more of. Maybe we'll get that in the next three episodes. Um, but for the most part, it's it's well done. It's just it is a WWE network documentary. It is what you're gonna get. So right. with that, we 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 went a little bit longer than we anticipated. <laughs> As always, um, though, that's kind of on yeah. brand for us. Um, next week, we have some big things kind of planned. Um, and, and make sure, again, to follow us on social this weekend. We'll be doing some stuff with Double or Nothing. So follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and in the BR app at 2 Jabronis Pod. Um, make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's a red button somewhere around here. I think here. it's right here. I think it's actually, wait, follow my fingers here. Here. Yes. Hit that subscribe button. Uh Show your love. Uh, that's two jabronis with a wrestling podcast on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button. Also follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. That's on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow me on on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss. 
Absolutely. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And since we have all the time in the world, please leave a review. And again, once we get to 400 five-star reviews, I will double chug some white claw. Let's do it quickly, people. A la Stone Cold. And to make up for my co-host's failures as a man and <laughs> as a <laughs> as a human um again we've got some some great stuff coming up in the next couple weeks enjoy double or nothing this weekend probably if you're listening to this saturday morning enjoy double or nothing tonight and uh, we will catch you in a few days and in the meantime stay home keep washing your hands don't be a drone we will talk to you soon peace stay safe, everybody.